你现在在听 KUCI KUCI 今聞いています。今聞いています。今聞いています。今聞いています。The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCI Talk. If a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, how would she celebrate and support the arts, music, and her community? What would Arwen do? Thursdays with me, Tani Tanuvio, on KCI 88.9 FM and streaming live at KCI.org. Ellen Salalumin Amentielvo. And you are listening to KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. And coming up in just a few moments, an elvish and hobbitish perspective on life with What Would Arwen Do? KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Magovanen and Suilaid to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Thank you for tuning in to What Would Arwen Do on every other Friday morning here at KUCI, Orange County's alternative radio station. And we are streaming live on the internet 24 hours a day, seven days a week. At KUCI.org. And if you'd like information about our public affairs programming, of which we have such a diverse offering,、uh, you might want to visit our public affairs website at www.KUCITalk.org. So you may be wondering, if you're just tuning in for the first time, what in the world is this show all about? Well, this is the show where we ask, I ask if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. I like to ask, what would Arwen do? And in case you are wondering who Arwen was, Arwen was the daughter of Elrond, the Lord of Rivendell, a place of lore, wisdom, and healing, perhaps not unlike the community of people here, students and staff at UC Irvine. And I believe that Arwen was a beloved daughter of the universe and that she understood, as all else, Do the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle Earth, Colin Durias wrote In his invented mythology of Middle Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. 
So I believe that this quote elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service. So I'm very excited. Oh, I'm still excited about having a co-host now for the show, a Hobbit co-host. Good morning, Milo Lomsdown. Good morning, Tani Tanuvial. <laughs> it is, uh, what kind of a day is it? I love the way when I always ask you, how are you? It's a beautiful Middle Earth day. <laughs> Indeed it is. And this morning we have several things to talk to our listeners about. We want to take a moment just to thank everyone who is listening in. Uh, those who are listening live through the radio, 88.9 FM on your dial. We are broadcasting from the University of California in Irvine. And also those of our friends who are listening through the Internet. Uh, in particular, I'd like to say hello to my friends who are listening from Tolkien Online, the OneRing.com, one of my favorite other communities to be a part of, and a place where I go to get a lot of my info on what's coming up, going on with the movies and the world of Middle Earth enthusiasts. And I would like to thank our listeners on the podcast, available at KUCITalk.org or on iTunes. Simply search on the keyword Arwen in iTunes, and you'll see the podcast, the free podcast, for What Would Arwen Do?, and be able to download our episodes. And many of our public affairs programming uh, is available through iTunes. We are one of the first uh, radio uh, public affairs stations actually to have podcasts through iTunes. Yes, we were. And this year is KCI's 40th anniversary. We're celebrating 40 years of being on the air this year. And I think we are having a very special celebration and fundraising event coming up in a few weeks. And so hopefully people will stay tuned and listen in for that. We always have a lot of fun, a lot of special programming and giveaways and things like that. It'll be a lot of fun. It will be. Well, before we jump, this morning we're going to kind of jump into the world of um, healing, how to stay well in this season. I don't know about you, Milo, but um, I work in a couple of different contexts, and there's lots of people um, calling into work sick or being sent homesick with the flu or with the swine flu, and um, as... Um, as a good elf, I've managed to, <laughs> to avoid it, but there are things that one must do, one can do, to help uh, to protect themselves against such things. Or if we do get the flu, which um, nowadays, you know, elves also can get, get the colds and flu, there are things that you can do to recover more quickly and more comfortably. So Absolutely. Maybe. There are both spiritual things as well as physical things that you need to do to help prevent or at least minimize, but hopefully prevent uh, the flu and colds. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into that and have a little few readings from the world of Middle Earth to uh, um, kind of bolster our perspective here. But uh, before that, I'd uh, like for us to talk a little bit about uh, do an elfish adventure. Now it would be an elfish and hobbitish adventure report from a couple of weeks ago where we got to see The Hobbit here at the Barclay Theater put on by the Teatro Sanfiel. Was that incredible? It was unbelievable. And last time, two weeks ago, Friday morning, we had the great André Viam, the director of Teatro Sanfiel, here in person in the studio. And that broadcast is available both at KUCITalk.org as well as on iTunes it was a memorable experience to talk with the great director himself, the originator of the Hobbit puppet presentation, as well as to see it live at the Barclay Theater was just unbelievable. It was such a great experience. And then to go backstage afterwards. Oh, yes. And I want to say a very special thank you to Karen Drews over at the Barclay Theater, who very graciously uh, gave us three pairs of tickets to give out, which were uh, gobbled up. <laughs> and so some kids got to come to... Um, I was really excited, actually, that all three of the uh, pairs of tickets were um, requested by uh, parents who ended up taking a child. And it was wonderful going. We went to the evening performance, uh, which I was... Um, there was a 2 p.m. and a 7 p.m. And I was delighted to see so many children children at the evening performance. Probably at least half half of the audience were children ranging from ages from six up through, you know, junior high, high school, um, college, but, you know, children that were interested and the incredible um, 
after the performance, which was just absolutely delightful, they invited us, invited everyone to come up on stage and get to um, see the puppets up close and personal and meet the puppeteers. And the puppeteers were kind of, you know, up there showing how they moved the puppets around. That was probably my favorite part of the evening. And there were like 30 characters depicted in the play, and only five puppeteers did all that work. Including 13 dwarves. <laughs> Including 13 dwarves and Gandalf looking great and Elrond. Oh, they must have been the, well, uh, uh, Gandalf, uh, you know, was, was quite tall, larger than life. And uh, the the elves were probably about seven feet tall, I would think, seven or eight feet tall. Right. Uh, very ethereal. The, and getting to go up close and see the workmanship on these puppets was just just incredible it was it was quite a memorable evening and yet they were dead things in a sense after the performance i saw smaug laying on the floor this mm-hmm. in during the performance the dragon was truly terrifying truly living and yet afterwards when you see it just sort of laying in a corner on the floor it looks like nothing so the mastery of the teatre sans feel Puppeteers was just astounding. I should mention, by the way, as the practical Hobbit, that you will have more chances to see the Hobbit by Teatre Sans Fil. Um, uh, we have up in San Francisco on Sunday, November eighth at three p.m. in San Rafael, California, the Marin Veterans Memorial Auditorium will have a performance. That's this coming Sunday. That's this coming Sunday, and then this coming Tuesday, November the tenth at seven p.m at the Fred Kovli Theater in Thousand Oaks, California. At 7 p.m. will also be there. So people in the Southland that were not down here in Orange County that may be up in Los Angeles County could go up to Thousand Oaks and see them there as well. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize they were going to be up in that. That's this coming Sunday? That's that's Tuesday. Sunday the 8th in San Rafael. That's Northern California. Then they come back to Southern California at Thousand Oaks on Tuesday, November 10th at 7 p.m. And I think information on these performances are on Ticketmaster if you want more information. Oh, great. Uh, but they are doing a nationwide tour. Upcoming, they have uh, Warland, Wyoming uh, at the end of November. In January, they'll be at the Fort Hayes University, State University in Hayes, Kansas. Then they're going on to St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas, and the Loeb Playhouse in West Lafayette, Indiana, in February. So they have a whole tour across our country. Wonderful. And we did try to find that uh, schedule. You tried to find that schedule at the Atrasan Fields website. We will have to uh, email our new friend, Andre, and uh, encourage him to maybe get that uh, posted up on their own website so that people in various areas, especially if you are listening into the podcast or listening in later, you can find a way to find our friends. It's such a, if you are a lover of Middle Earth, it is such a delightful, delightful experience. And to get to meet the company afterwards, that was just absolutely, it was too much fun. (laughs) They were so friendly and they were giving little demonstrations of how the Bilbo puppet worked and you could see how Elrond was constructed, up close and per- personal, very beautiful, and yet very flimsy, very almost nothing. It yes. was the puppeteer's expertise that brought those to life. And they allowed us all to take pictures with the puppets. Oh, my gosh. So yes. if we ever get our, our Facebook or something up there, um, MySpace page, we can, we, we'll get some pictures up there. But just to let people know that if you ever wanted to have a picture taken with an elf or a hobbit or a wizard or a, 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 the troll, wasn't there a... Um, there were stone trolls. Then uh, you might want to take in an, a performance and hang around afterward and get your picture taken in Middle Earth. And there were spiders. And there were spiders, that's right. But it was really wonderful. It was not only for children, but also adults. And as Andre said last time on our show, it was originally devised for adults. But uh, I would say it's suitable for all ages. It has many meanings for adults and, and lots of charm and beauty for children. Absolutely delightful. So uh, before we um, 
jump into our our uh, talk this morning about how to stay well during this season. Uh, let's do a little update on what's going on with the movie because we, as lovers of Middle Earth, are so excited. Our skin starts tingling and our faces light up at the mere mention of the coming Hobbit movie. Oh, my gosh. And do you have, have some news for us, Mama? Oh, yes. There's so much that's been happening. Just in the last week, we had a couple of, of very interesting pieces of casting news. Uh, John Rhys Davies, who was so excellent as Gimli in The Lord of the Rings, has decided he will not be a part of the Hobbit movies. It was so difficult. His makeup was so mm-hmm. difficult on his face. Oh. He's decided not to go through that again. He has said he's, he would be willing to do other characters, mm-hmm. maybe an elf which would be a tremendous thing, but uh, but uh, he is he has said he is not going to be in The Hobbit as a dwarf, at least. Also on the casting front, uh, Tom Hollander, who had been a tremendous actor, little known in this country, but Tom Hollander had been uh, rumored as a possible Bilbo uh, mm. casting, um, apparently is out as Bilbo. He's not there either. The BBC just commissioned a six-part series called Handle with Prayer uh, for broadcast sometime in 2010. But since production begins in January, and it's a six-part miniseries, mm. he is not going to be available for that. So so we have that. The search goes on. The search goes on. But the really exciting thing, on TotalFilm.com last week came out a fairly extensive interview uh, by Jamie Graham, uh, with Guillermo del Toro, who will be directing uh, The Hobbit Part 1 and The Hobbit Part 2. And uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro has many fascinating things to say, probably too numerous for us to mention here, but I wanted to read just a few excerpts. Sure. He said, I was calmly laying out the next decade of my life when The Hobbit appeared, he laughs. I was preparing all these things, and all of a sudden The Hobbit shows up and takes over my life. <laughs> Middle Earth has a little way of doing that. Um, how did it work with writing the script is one of the questions. And Guillermo says, Many, many months ago, we sat down to discuss the structure with three-by-five cards, and we laid out the two movies. We were meeting on a daily basis at 9 a.m., and we would go at it for hours into the afternoon. Then in the afternoon, I would go check on the design. Then at one point, we split into two teams. I did one pass at things, and they did a pass at things. It's pretty much the way I'm used to co-writing. But I must say what was great and what made a big difference was the amount of great ideas that I felt were generated in a day. It was staggering. We could have written three or four versions of The Hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the final thing I wanted to say is this is very good news for those of us that love Sir Ian McKellen in the role of Gandalf. Um... Guillermo del Toro says, in response to the question, how will you make the first movie of The Hobbit? Will the second movie be plucked from appendices? What parts of the book will be saved? And Guillermo del Toro says, we are respecting the structure established by Professor Tolkien Mm. because the order of the adventures in The Hobbit is well known to generations and generations of people. You don't want to be moving stuff like that. But we will be integrating Gandalf's comings and goings because he does disappear in the book quite often. So, as opposed to the book, you will see where he goes and what happens to Gandalf. Ooh, that will be fun. And and I think some of those things are alluded to, you know, so that's where perhaps they will be inserting some more uh, time with the elves and uh, different places that Gandalf would have uh, visited. It's interesting on uh, my favorite website, uh TheOneRing.com, Tolkien Online. There is uh, a little excerpt from uh, an interview with Ian McKellen uh, about the script writing. And I, I'm going to read this this morning. It says, Sci-Fi Wire got the chance to sit down with our favorite wizard and, while asking him about his current projects, squeezed out some more tidbits about the upcoming Hobbit films. He's read the script, and although he won't give any details, here's what he had to say. Um, and so this is uh, Sir Ian McKellen saying, As Peter has said, they loved writing Gandalf for The Hobbit because they knew who they were writing him for. There are a lot of characters in The Hobbit, including, crucially, Bilbo, and they don't know who's going to play Bilbo. So it's extremely attractive that this part has been written for me. The other Gandalf was written for, well, just for Gandalf. 
There's lots for me to enjoy in all sorts of ways, and I couldn't be happier. But I'm sworn to secrecy. I'm not to say anything at all about the script. <laughs> yes, uh, the uh, the OneRing.net had uh, a posting November 5th, which is yesterday. And this new posting, uh, they asked, just how polished is the script? And someone they're quoting supposedly as an insider says, while the script polishing continues, it is seemingly solid enough that according to our rock-solid source, some remarkable preliminary stages of planning are well underway. Reportedly, the production is actively storyboarding. That means the team is creating a sort of rough sequence of images, something like a comic book, to help the production team visualize the movie before cameras actually start rolling, where the director and the cinematographer choose angles, organize visuals, and then they go into the pre-visualization process. So things are coming along, but I will point people to TotalFilm.com and look for that interview of October 29th by Jamie Graham. Yes, wonderful. And where does the time go? It's almost time for our guest to be calling in, and <laughs> we haven't had our discussion. Uh, you know, we could we could do a whole show. Maybe one of these days we will have to do a whole show. Well, as we get further along yes. on uh, things going on. But it's always so wonderful to hear about new developments in um, what will be, I'm sure, my uh, favorite movies coming up in a couple of years. And uh, so I don't like, I'm one of those people that don't really like spoilers. I like to go and see the movie fresh, but I like to know, you know, kind of what's going on behind the scenes and get little tidbits here and there. So this morning, though, we want to talk to, we want to share with our friends some tips on how to um, avoid the flu and especially this swine flu infection. H1N1, technically. Yes. And... um, uh, we do have a very special person calling in in just a few minutes, so I may have to slip away from the microphone. Um, Tina Yang, who is a uh, fourth-generation Chinese herbalist and licensed acupuncturist, and uh, I have opportunity to interact with Tina quite often. I actually get acupuncture done over there, and it has been wonderfully life-changing for me. And the other day I was there and got some uh, Chinese herbs. In fact, yesterday I thought I was coming down with the flu, I woke up in the morning, I felt achy, uh, I had kind of a headache, my brain was fuzzy, uh, my throat felt kind of, and I thought, oh my gosh, these are, <laughs> this is, this is, these are not good signs. And so I got up in the morning, took some Airborne, which Airborne is a wonderful thing developed by a school teacher. And uh, a lot of people think that they take it just before they go on planes, but it's really wonderful just for boosting your immune system. And you can get this everywhere. Trader Joe's has it at a very reasonable price. That's where I got mine. Um, it has a 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C, antioxidants, zinc, and selenium, and herbal extracts. Uh, and then this, yin chow. And we didn't have a chance to discuss this, but the hobbit, Milo, also takes airborne occasionally when he's going to be with a group of people at school yeah. or at church. Yes, it's it's a real and it's not that expensive. I think it so helps. It's a great way just to to help boost your immunity. So there are many things we're going to we're going to talk about a number of different things that people can do. Um, in addition to different things that they can take, uh, yin chow chi tu pin. I got this nice little Chinese herbal formula yesterday and this is available through um, Tina, she is at Coastal Acupuncture right here on Costa Mesa. But I liked this. Um, it's got all these Chinese herbs. And I actually believe that, you know, all of these different, whether you go to Chinese herbs or get air, herbs through Ayurveda, through the Indian people, there are lots of things, different places um, that are gifts of the earth that help to strengthen us. And I think that this kind of came through the wisdom of the elders. They migrated into all the different parts of the earth after the ages of of uh, Middle Earth. But uh, with regard to these Chinese herbals, it says, uh, long ago Chinese herbalists prescribed raw herb mixtures, which were, simmer- which were simmered down to their vital essence on a patient's stove. Some formulas called for repeated reductions and the addition of different herbs at different times. Um, and so this is a recipe of herbs. And as... Uh, lovers of Middle Earth, one of our favorite herbs, of course, would be athalus. Absolutely. And I'm going to be, um, I'm going to ask you, Milo, to read a little passage from The Return of the King in just a moment about uh, the healing hands of the king, the spiritual aspect, and the physical aspect of the healing of herbs. And I'm going to read a little bit here from Tolkien's 
The World from A to Z, The Guide to Middle Earth by Robert Foster about Athelis. says, Athelis, or also known in Westron as Kingsfoil, was a healing plant brought to Middle Earth by the Numenorians, which grew only in places where they had lived or camped. Athelis had a heartening fragrance, and in the hands of the heirs of Elindil, it had great powers for curing wounds and counteracting poisons and evil influences. Aragorn used Athelis by crushing and boiling its leaves in water, and then either washing his patient's wounds in a tincture or having his patient breathe the steam. And I think we all know the wonderful benefits of tea uh, during this time of the year, chamomile tea and different uh, teas that help to support the immune system. And would you be so kind as to read us a portion about healing from The Return of the King? I would be glad to. From J.R.R. Tolkien's The Return of the King in the chapter The Houses of Healing. We have this. This is when Faramir, Faramir has been wounded. Thereupon the herb master entered. Your lordship asked for Kingsfoil, as the rustics name it, he said, or Athalas in the noble tongue, or to those who know somewhat of the Valinorian. I do so, said Aragorn, and I care not whether you say now Asaya Arenian or Kingsfoil, as long as you have some. Your pardon, lord, said the man. I see you are a lore-master, not merely a captain of war. But alas, sir, we do not keep this thing in the houses of healing, where only the gravely hurt or sick are tended. For it has no virtue that we know of, save perhaps to sweeten a fouled air, or to drive away some passing heaviness. Unless, of course, you give heed to rhymes of old days, which women such as our good Iareth still repeat without understanding." When the black breath blows, and death's shadow grows, and all lights pass, come, Athalas, come, Athalas, life to the dying in the king's hand lying. It is but a doggerel, I fear, garbled in the memory of old wives. Its meaning I leave to your judgment, if indeed it has any, but old folks still use an infusion of the herb for headaches. Then in the name of the king, go and find some old man of less lore and more wisdom who keeps some in his house, cried Gandalf. Now Aragorn knelt beside Faramir and held a hand upon his brow, and those that watched felt that some great struggle was going on, for Aragorn's face now, now grew gray with weariness, and ever and anon he called the name of Faramir, but each time more faintly to their hearing, as if Aragorn himself was removed from them and walked afar in some dark vale, calling for one that was lost. And at last Bergil came running in, and he bore six leaves in a cloth. It is king's foil, sir, he said, but not fresh, I fear. It must have been culled two weeks ago at the least. I hope it will serve, sir. Then looking at Faramir, he burst into tears. But Aragorn smiled. It will serve, he said. The worst is now over. Stay and be comforted. Then, taking two leaves, he laid them on his hands and breathed on them, and then he crushed them, and straightway a living freshness filled the room, as if the air itself awoke and tingled, sparkling with joy. And then he cast the leaves into the bowls of steaming water that were brought to him, and at once all hearts were lightened, for the fragrance that came to each was like a memory of dewy mornings of unshadowed sun in some land of which the fair world in spring itself was but a fleeting memory. But Aragorn stood up as one refreshed, and his eyes smiled as he held a bowl before Faramir's dreaming face. "'Well, now, who would have believed it?' said Iareth to a woman that stood beside her. "'The weed is better than I thought. It reminds me of the roses of Imloth Melui when I was a lass, and no king could ask for better.' Suddenly Faramir stirred, and he opened his eyes, and he looked on Aragorn, who bent over him, and a light of knowledge and love was kindled in his eyes, and he spoke softly, My lord, you called me. I come. What does the king command? Walk no more in the shadows, but awake, said Aragorn. You are weary. Rest a while and take food, and be ready when I return. I will, lord, said Faramir, for who would lie idle when the king has returned? And is that delightful? And you see, even from the advice of the king, rest and take food until rest I return. Rest and take food. And he means good food. He yes. doesn't mean junk food. Yes. And 
one of the, some of the things that are very wonderful to uh, take at this time are soups, clear soups, especially one of the things that I did yesterday, in addition to uh, taking my herbs, was I uh, was very careful. I, I ate fruit throughout the day. I went over to Mother's Market at lunchtime and got myself um, a shot of wheatgrass and a green drink. And um, I tend to eat quite a bit of cheese because I... Um, I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> and it's one of my sources of protein, but I knew this is not the time to be having any dairy products, so I eliminated my cheese yesterday, and I had a lot of fruit and uh, some juice and drank lots of water throughout the day and had some tea, some chamomile tea to kind of calm my uh, nervous system down, and um, had my airborne, my Chinese herbs, and was uh, uh, went to bed early. The, one of the things that is so important is to get, and, and, and we can't always do that. Sometimes we have families or we have things going on, but uh, as much as possible, if we can get rest and, and stay warm. So we have some things that we're, we can read from this morning. I'm going to um, read a couple of things. Some people are uh, concerned about uh, getting the swine flu vaccination, and I think that there is reason for concern about that for some people. And uh, but there are, al- are alternatives that you can do, and one of the things that I uh, did discover in doing some research on this was with regards to the swine flu vaccine. It appears that uh, the vaccine makers have gotten um, asked for and gotten legal indemnity for any negative side effects that may occur. Uh, if people do get the vaccine. So one of the things is if you are allergic to eggs, you should not be getting the swine flu vaccine. So I'm going to let you That's take right. over. That's some- right. As a matter of fact, my sister-in-law is allergic to eggs, and she cannot take uh, these shots, these inoculations. And so from ehow.com, which has many wonderful things in it, ehow.com recommends things like staying home. That is, try to avoid being in masses of people. Contain your cough. We've all seen Secretary Sibelius show us how to cough into our crook of our inside elbow of our arm. Be sure to wash your hands frequently. As a hobbit, I'm always washing my hands because I work in the earth, I work in the garden, I have to wash my hands frequently. Use hand sanitizer. It's many times publicly available for free. Um... Touch public facilities as little as possible, and when you do touch them, immediately wash your hand. When you fly, be careful to follow all these guidelines because air travel is in an enclosed space and you must be careful. And then be sure to clean your produce. Be sure to eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Drink hot tea. Uh, the elf likes chamomile. I happen to like uh, green tea from Japan. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things you can do to help avoid it. Yes, and uh, there are some, as I mentioned earlier, there are some wonderful herbs. I have been taking this, uh, and I'm sure that I'm <laughs> doing much damage to the name of Yin Chao Chi Tu Pin, uh, that again I got at uh, Coastal Acupuncture, I believe has made such a wonderful difference. I've been taking it three times a day, and then taking my Airborne in the morning and in the evening. Uh, a couple of the other things that are often recommended are Echinacea, uh, fights viruses in a couple of ways, and um, garlic is wonderful antiviral. Uh, ginger is very good. Um, you can get ginger chews, ginger tea, of course, vitamin C and vitamin D. And uh, a lot of these things are available at our local um, health food stores. Also, as I mentioned, available through our friends over at Coastal Acupuncture and... Uh, this morning, uh, we're very excited because uh, Tina Yang, who is a fourth-generation Chinese herbalist and licensed acupuncturist, is um, graciously agreed to call in this morning and give us some pointers on how to avoid getting the flu or get better. Wonderful. Tina, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Tina. Thank you so much for calling in this morning. Oh, well, thank you for having me on the show. <clears throat> Well, as we all know, <laughs> the flu seems to be everywhere, and um, so as far as just avoiding coming in contact with it, is that's just about impossible. Uh, but there are definitely some things that we can do uh, to 
boost our immunity, and if we get the flu or feel it coming on to uh, to try to get over it quickly. Um, could you talk just a little bit, because we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the things, the basic things, you know, washing your hands often, getting lots of rest, uh, some uh, herbs that, that we can take, um, but can you talk a little bit about... Um, just from a Chinese medicine perspective on uh, what you would uh, recommend for people to avoid the flu and talk a little bit about the use of acupuncture. Sure, absolutely. I think um, the tips that you guys just provided are very um, useful and very helpful. And I kind of call it the, um, the tips on being good to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think um, in addition to avoiding contact or avoiding you know, contact with people that are sick. Um, I think eating a balanced diet is very important, which um, is including plenty of fruits and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds that provide your body with the natural antioxidants such as vitamin A, C, and E, and also zinc and selenium, which, you know, these are all minerals that help to boost your immune function. Um, Getting plenty of sleep, like you mentioned, I think that's key. You know, seven hours per night is minimum is um, what your body needs. And there's actually studies that show that your immune system function actually drops by up to 60% after three nights of poor sleep. Oh, wow. So keep that in mind. Yeah, sleep is very important. And, of course, stress reduction. You know, and I think all of us can use some sort of stress reduction and engaging in some type of daily relaxation activity that you enjoy, whether it be meditation, deep breathing exercises, yoga, tai chi, that will help you so much, tremendously, in many ways, and also just strengthen your immune function and keep you well. Um, There are also other modalities such as acupuncture and massage that can also reduce your stress. And... um, Some of the areas that acupuncture can help is, you know, we help to stimulate the body's energy pathways to balance the body out and to boost the immune system to protect against the colds and flus. So by utilizing specific acupuncture points, we can strengthen the energy and the blood circulation of the body, and we can solidify the outer defense layers of the skin and the muscles, which we call in Chinese medicine wei qi, and it prevents the germs and viruses from entering through the pores and the skin and um, further going into the body and actually mm-hmm. invading the body and causing an infection. So it's very important in Chinese medicine and we say we strengthen or consolidate your Wei Qi or um, the defense layers of your skin and muscle. That's why you hear the saying of, you know, when you work out and you're sweating, definitely after a workout your pores are open. So if you're going to go out in public, always wear a jacket. This is like an ancient Chinese medicine secret that everybody mm. talks about. Um, and, you know, growing up in a Chinese household, they always recommend, oh, put a jacket on, you know, after you've been running around. Uh-huh. So it's kind of the same concept of protecting um, the defense layers of your skin and muscle. Wow. Um, the other thing the acupuncture can help with is balancing your circadian rhythm and ensuring restful nights of sleep and ensuring healthy sleep patterns. Again, you know, following the whole the whole concept of getting plenty of sleep, you know, per night. So I know many people struggle with insomnia issues, so the acupuncture can definitely help um, those areas as well. Um, and I think... Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, uh, Tina, this is Milo. I had a Hi, question... Milo. Um, my mother-in-law, who is who is from China, mm-hmm. um, recommends something which I think she says something like banlan jen. And I looked up on the internet and uh-huh. it said woad root and woad leaf, and they're spelling it W O A D. Have you heard of woad root or woad leaf? Yes, I have. Banlan gun is a very classic formula that, if it's the same formula I'm thinking of, it's like an antiviral, antibacterial formula. Right. And it's one of those classic formulas that has, that has been around for thousands of years. And it usually comes in like a patent form, like in a tablet. Um, and the yin chao pian that, um, that Tani was mentioning is also a very popular Chinese remedy that's used. It's kind of like the Chinese household remedy like Tylenol, you know, it, but it's a, it's a natural herbal formula that helps to fight off infections in the early stages and also has antibacterial and antiviral properties. Um, well, I was sharing earlier that yesterday I was uh, early in the day I was feeling um, I just woke up felt kind of achy had that brain fog um, 
low energy, my throat was a little scratchy, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this isn't. <laughs> and I was uh, fortunate enough to get to see you early in the day yesterday, and you gave me, um, had recommended for me to take some of this yin chow uh well, you know the name of it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, that you have uh, there at Coastal Acupuncture, and uh, I had gotten an acupuncture treatment. And last night, I and I ate only uh, good fruits and vegetables all day, clear things, and uh, took my airborne. Last night, I got uh, went to bed relatively early, got a good eight hours of sleep, right. and this morning right. I feel wonderful. <laughs> Can we have yeah. some information yeah. about Tina's place? Uh, Tanya, I think you have some information on her. Yes, uh, Tina is uh, an, a licensed acupuncturist with Dr. Suzanne Tang, who is also a licensed acupuncturist and natural naturopathic doctor, and they are uh, here in Costa Mesa at Coastal Acupuncture and Natural Health Center, which is at 1831 Orange Avenue, Suite E, Costa Mesa, the phone number over there is 949-646-4325, 949-646-4325. And, Tina, don't you also have a website? Uh, yes, we do. It's uh, coastalacupuncturectr.com. Great. And uh, so if people, oh, don't we also have a, a special giveaway today in case uh, anyone is interested perhaps in uh, trying acupuncture for uh, boosting their immune system? Oh, sure. Yes, we would like to offer a free initial acupuncture treatment that will include um, a, a Chinese medicine exam, history and exam, as well as an initial acupuncture treatment. Wow. So the the phone number, if you are interested in that, to call into the station here is 949-824-5824. Also known as 949-UCI-KUCI. That's right. Nine four nine eight two four five eight two four. So, Tina, just um, could you talk? Could you mention just? I know our we don't have too much time left, but could you mention a little bit just because I know people are confused sometimes about whether to get the vaccine, whether not to get to the vaccine, whether it's safe for them, whether it's not safe. Could you just give a, a little bit of your perspective on uh, vaccinations? Yes, um, I know there's there's the two vaccinations that are out right now: the standard seasonal flu vaccination as well as the swine flu vac- vaccination which I, I know is hard to come by these days. Um, I actually, and, and I think that, you know, being a natural healthcare practitioner, for me, when I hear of vaccinations containing toxic materials, you know, mercury compounds, derivatives of mercury, you know, that kind of sends a red flag to me. So I think that there's other things that you can do aside from um, the tips that we just talked about, being good to yourself. But there are also other supplements and vitamins that you can take that can really boost your immune system and really help for you to either prevent um, catching the flu or really aiding in your recovery so that the flu may not become a full-blown flu with all the, you know, the worst the worst sort of symptoms that you possibly can get. So I think, like you mentioned, Tony, vitamin D has been shown, vitamin D3 to be, has been shown to actually really effectively help to prevent and treat um, uh, different flus. And a higher dosage than we're used to seeing, but, you know, when you're in an immune-compromised state, at least 4,000 to 10,000 international units of vitamin D for um, adults is recommended, and 1,000 I use for every 25 pounds for children over the age of one. And um, I know that there are lots of different places to get vitamin D, but I know at Coastal Acupuncture, uh, you folks over there actually have the liquid vitamin D available. Is that correct? Yes. It comes in different forms. You can either get it in a capsule form or a liquid form. Uh, The liquid form, sometimes I feel like it assimilates into the system a little bit easier. You don't have to break down the capsule. So I Mm -hmm. like... I, I. prefer actually to dose it um, in a liquid form, especially for children. And um, so again, if people are interested and uh, if they'd like to a free acupuncture session to see what this is all about, 9496, I'm, I'm sorry, our number 949-824-5824. Um, and Tina, I want to thank you so much for calling in this morning, especially well, thank on you, Tony and Milo, short for having notice. Me. 
<laughs> and thank you and Dr. Tang um, over there for being in the world, providing alternative medicine. You were actually here at UCI for quite a while, were you not, at the Integrative Center for, um, what is it, the Center for Integrative Medicine? Uh, the Susan Samueli Center for Integrative Medicine. Yes, I was there for several years. Yes, well. Could we you. have the website one more time, Tina? Sure. It's, uh, it's Coastal Acupuncture CTR.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tina, and I uh, look forward to seeing you before too long. Okay, great. Well, I wish you both a very healthy and happy flu season. <laughs> thank you, Tina. Thank you. Oh, Bye-bye. Okay. So that was Tina Yang, a licensed acupuncturist and fourth-generation Chinese herbalist, giving us some tips on how to stay healthy or get get better during this cold and flu season. And again, they're, it's Coastal Acupuncture and Natural Health Center. They're right over on Orange Avenue in Costa Mesa, just a couple of blocks up from Mother's Market. Uh, and uh, their phone number, 949-646-4325. And uh, so some of the other things I wanted to um, mention this morning, I... Um, Milo, there was a wonderful um, article also because Tina talked a little bit about exercise. And a lot of times when we're not feeling well, we feel like, oh, gosh, I don't have any energy to exercise. But um, And it is important to get rest. But between times, it's really good, I think, for us to get exercise. And there's a wonderful article. This is actually from Yoga Journal. And this was from a year ago. But the wonderful thing about Yoga Journal is many of their articles are available up on their website. And so you can visit... um, www.yogajournal.com. And which episode, which issue was this? Uh, this issue is actually from dis- November of 2008 okay, uh, of Yoga Journal. Okay, year ago. Yes, and there was this, there's this wonderful article that I've been sharing with my yoga students. It's A Yogi's Guide to Winter Wellness, 10 Ways to Build a Strong Immune System Naturally So You Can Thrive This Season. And one of the things it talks about uh, in yoga, so if you are a yogi out there and you're wondering, well, what kind of yoga can I do to boost my immune system? We elves like to do what's called the heart-opening poses. It says, strike a heart-opening pose. And it says, an easy way to avoid getting colds and flu is to weave more heart-opening poses, such as cobra pose, fish pose, or bridge pose, into your yoga practice. And this is according to Hima Sundaram, an integrated physician in Washington, D.C., Heart openers stimulate blood flow to the thymus, an organ nestled behind the breastbone that is instrumental in the growth of T-cells, the immune system's front line. Uh, Doing uh, even just three of these yoga poses, heart-opening poses, takes only five minutes and may make the difference between staying well and getting sick. So yoga can help in addition to getting good food, rest, washing your hands often. It's a good idea to keep a hand sanitizer in your car, in your purse. Um, because I don't, I think we don't realize, uh, sometimes how often we touch things that other people have touched. I, uh, work, uh, part-time in retail and, uh, one of our customers the other day <laughs> mentioned to me that, uh, she had recently, uh, found out that germs stay on money 13 days. <laughs> yes. And don't forget if you're using, uh, computer equipment in public places, a keyboard, the average keyboard has like 3,000 germs per square inch. <laughs> and so many, many libraries have uh, wipes. There are sanitizing mm-hmm. wipes that are made that allow you to wipe a keyboard if someone else is using it. It's a good idea to carry some of those those uh, portable uh, 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 sanitizing wipes right. with you to wipe off any keyboard that you might be touching that is not your own keyboard. So... And if you if you can't get to wash your hands or you don't have hand sanitizer, one of the things that's very important to remember is to be not placing your hands near your face. So I have a tendency to kind of be messing with my hair or rubbing my eyes, and don't just just try to train yourself to avoid doing that. It can make a big difference from getting those germs closer to inside of your body if you keep your hands away from your face. Right, right. And of course, drinking lots of good clean water and trying to get rest as we elves and hobbits like to do hot liquids <laughs> Whether, yeah yes warm liquids this morning i had some lemon water uh some hot warm water with lemon getting some you know my vitamin c in. it's a wonderful way to get your vitamin c in and now we learn that acupuncture in addition to all of its many other well-known benefits might be something through the manipulation of the chi to 
actually relieve stress, yes. which is so important to avoid illness. And we have just a few minutes left here in the program. I would like to give out our phone number again, 949-824-5824-949-UCI-KCI. We have a gift certificate good for a free acupuncture visit from our friends over at Coastal Acupuncture and Natural Health Center. That's a very, very, very wonderful uh, gift that we have to give away to some lucky listener. So we've covered quite a few, uh, quite a bit of territory this morning. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe I look up at the clock and and already I see that it's like two minutes to rose or yes, something. <laughs> yes, well, um, we elves like to stay healthy and we like to keep the ones that we love healthy, as I'm sure uh, you hobbits like to do. And so... Um, if there are ways, I, I know I often mention to make sure to give each other a big hug and a kiss right on the lips. I guess I'll have to modify my encouragement for a while to to say hugs are very important. You can give big hugs and go wash your hands and kiss on the cheek um, during cold and flu season. <laughs> but but be, be careful of the lips because the mouth is a primary spreader. I mean, hobbits love as you know from the movies and the books, hobbits love uh, hugging and, and kissing and being physically in contact with our fellow hobbits. Uh, the problem is that in this time, we may have to just be a little bit restrained, still lots of hugs, uh, but be sure to wash your hands frequently. And when you do sneeze or cough, please do it in the crook of your elbow so that you don't spread things to other people. Yes, uh, that's a really good point because uh, we I was always taught to you know sneeze into our hands and so now the thing is to sneeze into your elbow. But it is important to have that touch of loving kindness. when I mean, when we're sick, uh, how nice it is if someone brings us a cup of steaming tea or just comes and asks how we are, places their hand on our forehead uh, just to let us know that they care. So uh, physical touch is still an important part, I believe, of healing. Hugs are so important to well. <laughs> Well-being. And to keep a positive attitude. I think sometimes we kind of get all, can get kind of run down. And um, so if you are sick and have to stay in bed, uh, might be a good idea to turn on some funny movies. Laughing is always good for release, releasing endorphins into this. Or maybe some Marx Brothers or some uh, SpongeBob uh, cartoons or I something find, like that. I find the Three Stooges can be a wonderful <laughs> restaurant of life and health. Yes. So with that, this morning for our outgoing music, um, we're going to, I'm going to play a little something for our listeners from a favorite uh, swing dance group of mine, the Jive Aces. And if you are interested, their uh, website, um, they come here, they're from uh, England, they come over here to the States every once in a while. And you can visit their website at jiveaces, G-I-V-E-A-C-E-S dot com. And we're going to hear Accentuate the Positive. A very important thing in this time of trouble is to accentuate the positive. And so until next week, Milo, thank you for being here with me this morning. Tani, it's been fabulous talking with you and with Tina this morning. Yes. And to all of our listeners, we hope you have a very happy and healthy uh, time. Until I will be back next week with Phenomenal Women, and we will be back two weeks in two weeks with What Would Arwen Do? And in the meantime, hug lots of friends and then wash your hands. <laughs> and Alin Salalamin Omintielvo, a star shines on the of hour of our meeting. Until next week, Namaria. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. Hey man, you seem happy this morning. Don't you read the newspapers? You just have to have a positive outlook on life. That's all. What do you mean? Nobody could be happy in this.